Well, good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here this morning. Are you glad you're in the house of God today? We welcome all of you. And it's just a wonderful presence of the Lord. We're glad everyone is able to be here today and believe the Lord uh, to minister to you and challenge your life. Uh, I'm going to be ministering out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11 of the Word of God. And we're in our last message this month. We've been talking about the uh, Christmas at the movies. And what we've been doing is getting some of the movie themes of some of the classical Christmas movies or popular Christmas movies and how they work themselves into the Word of God. And so uh, we're going to be using today, we're going to be talking about the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember that movie? And some of you, how many have actually seen the movie? How many have not seen the movie? All right, you guys, are, something needs to happen with you guys. No, it's a great movie, and uh, I'll, be talking just a, I'll be talking a little bit about it and emphasizing a couple of different things about the movie, and I believe it's a great Great message, it's a classical movie. Uh, but all of us, as we go through life, we all learn through different styles. A, a lot of us this morning don't realize, but there's different things in how we learn. One of the ways that we learn is what we call auditory learners. In other words, we learn by listening. A lot of us, that's why we, we enjoy coming to church, is because you learn by listening. There's people that, man, all they have to do is hear it, they catch it. And they begin to do it. And so uh, many of us here, we learn by doing that. Others, we learn by uh, seeing. In other words, just uh, let me watch a video. Let me read. Let me see you do something. And if I can see you do it, I can imitate it. And so we, through the eye gate, we learn how to, uh, through seeing, it's called visual learning. And believe it or not, there's the other type of learning, what they call verbal learning. In other words, you like to talk things through. And as you talk about it and discuss it, this is how you learn. This is why we have small groups in our church where you can go to a life group and you can begin to talk to people, begin to engage in conversation. And through that conversation, you learn and you begin to form a conviction in your life and you learn something and you apply it. Now, there are some people who don't like to listen, they don't like to read, and they don't like to talk. These people are called men, and uh, men, are, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, men, yeah, all the ladies, yeah, you see, you ladies, you, you, it was a delay there, but uh, men are usually, men are usually hands-on, and uh, what men are usually what they call, uh, I believe it's called kinetic learning, and, uh, or, or, yeah, kinetic learning, and basically it's hands-on learner. In other words, uh, if you're going to teach a, a guy how to play football, you don't give him a textbook. You just give him the ball, and they begin to throw it. And uh, it's, you know, if you want to teach someone mechanics, you just get them under the hood and start, hey, turning a wrench, doing this. You don't give them a textbook. So a lot of men are really hands-on. And believe it or not, this morning, many of us, uh, we have to go through the experience in order to learn the lesson. And when we go into this movie called It's a Wonderful Life, there are different ways in which George Bailey, which is the main character in this movie, begins to learn different things. He learns by listening. Actually, he learns through all of these different things. And in the end, uh, he learns by experience. Now, if you've never watched the movie, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up on the movie. Uh, basically, he, uh, he runs, he becomes in charge of the building and loan 
uh, because of his father who passes away. This guy has big dreams. He wants to do things. And I don't want to spoil the movie for you. I really want you to watch it. Some of you that haven't seen it, I believe it has a great, great storyline behind it. Uh, but through a series of events that happens on Christmas Eve, somehow George Bailey believed that w- the world would be better off if he were dead. The world would be better off if he just died and, or he was never born. And so there's a guardian angel that shows him what the world is like if he was not alive and it's a lot different than he would have thought. And so, believe it or not, our lives are making more impact than we understand. Our lives are making more impact than we even have or can imagine. And this guy, George Bailey, in this movie, his life has a great influence. And it really starts right when his father passes away. And there is a guy by the name of Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter, uh, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but he's mean. He's the, uh, he, he, he's the, he's the antagonist in the movie, and uh, it starts right there. But I want to show you a clip where uh, Mr. Potter is really trying to get rid of this building and loan that has been helping people in the community, and then George Bailey gives this speech that is pretty phenomenal. So why don't we go ahead and show It's like a two-minute clip here. Pretty awesome movie, isn't it? And so this guy, he really, he makes a difference in this town more than... He even realizes, and I like what he says to him. He goes, my dad was a lot richer than you'll ever be. And because of the people that he helped and the people that he was able to get off their feet. And one of the greatest gifts, I believe, that God's given every one of us is the gift of choice. And we have that gift. We could choose. You could choose today. The choices that you make today can make the greatest difference. All of us this morning... As human beings have the freedom of choice. That's something animals do not have. They, they have instinct, but they don't have choice. And a, the greatest gift of choice can be also the greatest curse. Because how many understand if you lived on this earth for a little while, you've made some bad choices in life. That if you could look back in hindsight, you could say, man, I wish I had made some better choices. Uh, uh, if I had made this choice instead of this choice, uh, I wouldn't have wasted my time doing things that really didn't matter. And in fact, even as we get into the new year, and I'm going to talk about that too, since uh, we're getting ready here for 2019, a lot of us this morning are going to make some resolutions. You're going to make some resolutions. You're going to say, well, uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. The problem with resolutions is usually we make resolutions that are real trivial. In other words, resolutions that really don't matter. And a lot of times we do it out of our own willpower. You know, I, I, you know, I always get a kick out of people, you know, at the beginning of the year. I'm going to work out, you know. I'm, you know, they're showing. They're, it's the first day at the gym. You know, uh, can you show that picture six months later because... You know, you're, you're showing yourself at the gym. It's your, you're just your first day, buddy. Let me just tell you. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm drinking green drinks now. Look at this, you know. And it, it lasts about a week, and your willpower is done. Uh, by February, you're right back to the donuts and everything else that you were. Why? Because willpower is not enough. It's going to take some commitment, right? It's going to take some real hard choices. You're going to have to have resolve. Actually, that's where the word resolution comes. It comes from the word resolve, and it's a great word because resolve, what it means, it means to be determined, to settle, to have a purpose. And, and uh, when uh, we look at this movie, George Bailey, he had this resolve 
that his life was going to be different, that he was going to make a difference in life, although he had all of these obstacles. And I just want to tell you today that you can have some resolve in your life, but it's not going to be without obstacles. There are going to be moments in life where you're going to feel like you want to give up, where you're going to feel like, man, is my life worth it? Is all of this hard work worth all of this because it's so hard? And, and I really want to look at the life of Moses in Scripture because Moses is probably one of the greatest men in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ, at least in the Old Testament, uh, Moses was the guy, most of you know, he led the Jewish people or uh, that Jewish nation out of uh, hundreds of years of slavery. They had been in slavery in Egypt for all this time. And during that time, Egypt was probably one of the most greatest nations uh, uh, on the earth during that time. It was a powerful nation. And, of course, we know that it was Moses that confronted Pharaoh and said, uh, you've got to let uh, these people go. And then we look at the life of Moses. He, he's the one that received the Ten Commandments. He wrote the, the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. I mean, it's an amazing guy. But when you look at Moses' life, he had to make some critical choices. And really, that's what I want to talk about today. If we're going to live the destiny that God has for us, there are going to be some choices you have to make. And your choices are going to affect your destiny. And even in this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the choices that this guy, George Bailey, made not only affected his life, but it affected the life of others. And I want to just say that to you today. The choices you make don't only affect you, but it affects other people around you. And so we need to be very careful about the choices that we make because it's important, the choices that we make. Now, we can't control what's going to happen in 2019. You and I can't control that, but you can control how you respond to what happens in 2019. I read this quote that said, we make our choices, then our choices make us. Your character is the sum total of your choices. So while you don't control all of your circumstances, uh, you do control the choices that, you're, that you make uh, in the middle of those circumstances. So in the book of Hebrews, it gives us a little a summary of Moses' life. It gives us kind of uh, 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 just a little storyline or a short biography of what Moses did and who he was. And, and in Hebrews chapter 11, at first it tells us a little bit about what his parents thought about him. And the choices that they made concerning Moses. And then the next few verses talk about the choices that Moses made. And I think it's pretty powerful because when you look in Scripture, you'll find that his parents knew. They knew that this was a special child. They knew that there was something special about Moses. And so they wanted to take care of him. And we know during that time, there was the decree that Pharaoh had put out that all of these babies, uh, uh, Jewish baby boys, were going to be killed. They were to be executed because Pharaoh thought that they were getting too powerful. And so he wanted to make sure that there were no, the next generation of men wouldn't raise up and take over Egypt. And, and so the Bible says, if you read the story, basically his parents put him in a little basket and he goes down the Nile River. And as he, as he goes down the Nile River, Pharaoh's daughter's taking a bath, and she sees the baby, and she adopts the baby as her own. And if you really read the scripture, you'll find that he's technically then, at that point, 
the grandson of Pharaoh. He's going to be the next heir through the, through, to the throne. He's going to be the next Pharaoh. He's the next generation. Nobody knows, but the daughter knows that she's the one that's adopted him, but that he's of Jewish descent. Nobody knows that, but the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to read this with me. I think the verse will be on the screen there, verse 23. It said, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw he was not, no ordinary child. See, they saw something special in him. Can I tell you something? God sees something special in you. They were not afraid of the king's edict or the king's decree. In other words, uh, Pharaoh had put this command to kill all these baby boys. But by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, listen to what he did. Here's the first choice. He refused. Say refuse. Refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He made a choice that day. I, I refuse to be that. Then it says he chose. They chose. He chose instead to be mistreated along with the people of God. Remember, there were slaves. So he chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. It says he regarded, they regarded. He regarded disgrace. In other words, being a slave for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt. Because what? He was looking ahead to his reward in heaven. By faith, he left Egypt. In other words, when he, took Egypt, he took all the Jewish people out, not fearing the king's anger, which was Pharaoh, he persevered. They persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw God in his heart, in his soul. He saw God. So I want to pray this morning as we get into this message. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. We pray today, God, that you would open our minds, our heart today. God, remove every distraction. There's so many things in our mind, even as we prepare for the new year. And, Lord, even as we look back, there are probably some regrets in 2018. But, God, today I pray that your people today would look ahead for what you have in store for them. And, Lord, help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of God upon every word that I speak today. I pray, God, today that you would use me, God, as your vessel today to declare the word of God, that your people would hear the voice behind the voice. And the people said... Amen. In Jesus' name. And so in this passage of Scripture that I just read, there are four verbs that talk about Moses' choices. The first one, the Bible says, is he refused, he chose, he regarded, and he persevered. All of these four verbs really imply something in his life or there's implication to those choices that he made. Now, I want to talk about the first one. The Bible says he refused to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he refused to be defined by other people. In other words, he knew who he was, but other people were trying to put another identity on him. And he said, I'm not going to let you do that. He said, I know who I am. I know who God called me to be. I know who my parents are. I know what my identity is. I'm not going to let you try to define me. I'm not going to let you try to put something on me that I'm not. 
See, can I tell you something? God didn't make you to be what your parents wanted you to be. God didn't make you to be what your girlfriend or boyfriend wants you to be or what your ex-wife or ex-husband thinks that you should be. Some people, man, you'd be, you'd be surprised. We, we, we're, we're, trying to, we, we're trying to be defined by what others tell us. We need to refuse to be defined by others. Because if we're not careful this morning, we allow other people to identify us, and we never find our true calling. And when we look at Moses, he had an identity crisis. The Bible says that I explained to you earlier, he was born as a Hebrew slave to, uh, to slave parents, and yet he was raised by Egyptians. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. So this, uh, this young man by the name of Pharaoh or, or by the name of Moses was going to be the next Pharaoh. He was educated. He was walking in royalty, uh, man. And all of a sudden, he realizes, wait a minute, this is not who I am. This, they're trying to put this identity on me, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pretend to be something that I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be Pharaoh's grandson when I'm not. And um, could you imagine? I mean, he could have had all the fame. He could have had all the riches. He could have had all the power and prestige. Uh, back then, uh, Egypt uh, was one of the most powerful nations in the world. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that he's not going to do that. He doesn't do that. He says, you know what? I'm a son of slaves. Uh, and so he basically said, I choose uh, to be that. Uh, I choose to live a life of a slave. I choose to be with my family, uh, my true family, rather than trying to be something that I'm not. See, Moses was the man who refused to live a lie. He was a man of integrity. Say integrity. Man, integrity is being honest with yourself, being who you really are, trying to live by the standard that God has put in your heart instead of letting people try to pressure you into be something that you're not supposed to be. Can you say amen? I, I, you know, I, I'm always... Uh, talking to people, and I find that even young people, they, I said, well, what do you want to do in life? Well, my parents want me to do this, and my dad says I need to become this, and my mom says I need to do that. Well, no, no, what do you want to be? What do you feel? Why, why are we trying to live out our parents' dreams? You know, I see this all the time. Some, some guys trying to, you know, trying to get their son. They're going to be the major league because that's what they wanted to be. And I, I see that in my son. And, they don't, and their son don't even want to play baseball. Are you hearing me? I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. We want our kids to live out our dreams. You're trying to put an identity on them when you, don't even, you haven't even asked them what they want to be. Some people are still trying to live up to their parents' wishes. And their parents have been dead and gone, but they're still trying to live out their wishes. We're trying to live out the wishes of an ex-husband or an ex-this and an ex-that. And then so that you can, you can post it on Facebook. See, I made it. So what? What did you win? You didn't win anything. They could care less, but I did it, you know. And, and so we're trying to do all this. We're, we're, we're trying to keep up with other people. We, you know, we're, we're, you know we, we want what they have. We, we want to keep what they, what do they call that? Keeping up with the Joneses. Have you ever heard that statement? Keeping up with the Joneses. In other words, you're trying to keep up with the same status as other people. And basically, we're trying to impress people uh, and, and live at that status. You know, basically, we're, we, what, what, what's the word? We're trying to impress people 
uh, with the money that we have and all these things. Uh, uh, we're buying things we can't afford with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Am I right? That's what a lot of people try to do. Here's what Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your mind. We, another translation said renew your mind from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God is good, it, it, that the plan of God for you is good. So if you don't, if you don't seek the plan of God, other people are going to try to squeeze you into a certain mode. They're going to try to pressure you to be something you were not called to do. I like what Exodus chapter 32, verse 23, verse 2 says, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. In other words, don't let peer pressure, don't let people push you into doing what's not right. We're not careful. We let the peer pressure and the crowd and the culture cause us to do things that we're not supposed to be doing because we're under pressure. We're under this peer pressure. We're under the culture pressure. In fact, next month, we're going to do a series called Branded. And we're going to be talking about how people try to put a brand on you. In other words, uh, uh, they're trying to define you by your past. Don't let your past define you. Don't let your past brand you. Are you with me? Don't let your past failures define you and put a brand on you. Because all over, man, people are trying to put this brand on us. They're trying to define us somehow. And really, our whole goal should be to please God. Can you say amen? In First Thessalonians, okay, you can clap, it's okay. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, our purpose is to please God, not people. I like that. He is the one who examines the motive of our heart. Did you, did you read that? Our purpose in life is what? To please God. Stop trying to please people. And then it says here in John 17, 16, I like what Jesus said when he's praying this prayer for the disciples. He said this, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. In other words, don't let the world define you. Because you've got to know who you are. It sets you free. Man, stop living in fear of being disapproved by other people. Moses had to make a decision and I'm sure it was a hard decision. It must have been a very scary decision in his life to be able to, have, to, be, to make the choice to step away from Egypt, to step away from all of this royalty and do the will of God. See, there are two things that happen when we make choices. We either envy people or basically we envy them, we, we want to be like them, or we're trying to impress people. And, and again, we have to be very careful. It's not about others. It's about the call of God on your life. Can you say amen? I, I, I just made a decision a long time ago. I, I have a resolve in my heart. I'm not going to let people mold me into what they want me to be. I got to let God do that. Can you say amen? The Bible says this in Jeremiah 29. You've heard this scripture before. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So in other words, God has this plan for you. You got to find out what it is. You need to be seeking and pleasing God, not what other people are telling you to do. See, real success is not being a phony. Real success is being who you really are. Can you say amen? amen. And I, I, I believe this, and I want everyone this morning, as 
your pastor, as the pastor of this church this morning, I, I, I want you to have a wonderful life. I want you to have a wonderful life the rest of your life. But I want you to understand this morning, you're only going to find that by being who God wants you to be. Stop being defined by other people. Stop letting other people define who you are and what you need to be. The second thing that I believe Moses, the Bible says that Moses chose. And again, I'm talking about choices. He chose. And basically what he did, honestly, he chose short-term pain this morning for a long-term gain. See, we want, basically, most of us this morning, we don't want any pain, our first part of our life, but then we want the benefits. You know, you, you, there's going to be a little bit of pain if you want the benefits later. Are you listening to me? And so Moses made a choice. He said, you know what? I'm going to go through the pain right now of having to be a slave, of having to step out of this uh, uh, royalty life. It's a short-term pain. But, man, it's a long-term gain. Can you say amen? And when I look at Moses' life, I look at a guy that was willing to pay the price now to get a greater reward later. How many, how many if you follow sports, and we're not going to get into sports right now, but, but if you follow sports, uh, a sports team just don't become championship teams overnight. There's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of hard work. You have to pay the price in practice. There's a lot of sweat. There's a lot of things. You know, you, you look at Kobe Bryant, and, and he talks about all the discipline he had to be to be who he was and play the way he played, all these different things. And so you just don't walk out and win a championship. I don't know if you remember this commercial by Michael Jordan, but I, I always like what he said. He said this. He goes, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. He said, I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I'm a success. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? When you think about that, he talks about all this price that he had to pay, all the different failures and ups and downs, in his life, he had to go through that short-term pain. But, man, today he's probably listed as one of the greatest NBA, NBA players of all time. Why? Because no pain, no gain. Are you with me? If you're going to do anything good in life, I want you to know there is a price that you're going to have to put out. If you want a good marriage later, guess what? you got to put in the work today. You can't say, well, you know, you know, 20 years from now, I want this great marriage, but right now I'm just going to do my thing. Guess what? You're not going to have much of a marriage. Now, I want you to know I have a good marriage. It's not perfect, okay? Let me just tell you that right now. My wife will tell you, not perfect, but it's, it's a good marriage. It's a good marriage, right, baby? It is, yeah. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> but can I tell you what? It takes work. Let me just tell you something. It takes work. It takes work to make it work. I'm going to say this again. It takes work to make it work. You're not going to have a good marriage if you don't work at it. It's going to take some sacrifice. There's going to be a lot of short-term pain, things you have to work through and all these different things in order to have the long-term gain. And so most of our problems in life is we have the inability to delay gratification. We want to be gratified right now. 
We want all the benefits right now. In fact, everything that society teaches us basically says uh, you need to be satisfied right now. You need to get all your fulfillment right now. And we have the inability to put off pleasure because we don't, you know, we, we want it right now. And this is why people get so much into debt. They're buying things they can't afford because they want to be gratified right now. And so what do they do? They just put it on another, let's just charge it. Let's just put it on the credit card. Let's just do that. And I want you to know, the more you do that, the more in debt and the more you're going to be drowning in debt. That's our, our nation is the same way. I mean, I love America, but man, uh, they, their gratification to want everything now, and we're in trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. Why? Because we have this inability to delay gratification. We want it right now. We want it immediately. And so we're not willing to pay the price to, to have the money to do it. So we just charge it and charge it. And then later on in life, you're wondering what happened while you're in debt. You're not enjoying the benefits because now you got to pay everything off that you did in the beginning. Are you listening to me? See, all of us this morning, we said, well, you know what? I want to be in good shape, but if you're always eating donuts in the morning and, and shakes in the afternoon, I mean, it's just not going to work. No pain, no gain. You got to put in the pain right now to enjoy it later. It's true in relationships. People say, I don't want to follow what God says about sex. I want to have sex right now. I want to have it immediately. And let me just tell you something. When you do that, Rather than get married, rather than have a commitment, you're giving part of your heart away. And a part of you is being given away every single time. Cause the spiritual problems in your life. How many would agree with that? It's you, how many would agree? Usually the right thing to do is not easy. Am I right? Usually the right thing to do is not easy. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Usually the right thing to do is usually the harder thing to do, the most painful thing to do, but it has the most reward. See, it's real easy this morning, uh, uh, or it's very simple to take the easy route and say, man, I don't want to go through the pain. How many of you have ever been hurt? The easy thing to do is respond and hurt back. The painful thing to do is to have to forgive. How many know forgiveness is painful? He said, man, I got to forgive. Oh, I don't want to forgive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bro, I'm sorry. Oh, you're apologizing too. Hallelujah. I didn't even get a chance to get back at you. And now I got to go through the pain of forgiving you. But how many know it's better than carrying that grudge? It's painful now. Are you listening? But you gain later. It's all right. You can clap. It's okay. And so I want to say to you, that's what I'm talking about. Moses went to the pain now, the short-term pain, to get the long-term gain later. Hebrews 11.25, Moses chose to be mistreated. Again, that's painful. Along with the people of God, as they were slaves, rather than to enjoy the palace, or basically the palace of Pharaoh, the pleasures of sin for a short time. I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't gloss over things. Man, the Bible tells you the truth. I love it. This is why I know the Bible is really God's word and it's true because we get to see all the flaws of all these people. I don't know about you, but if I was writing a book about myself, I wouldn't put all my flaws in there. 
I like to just put the highlights. But we know, we, we get to read all the flaws of all these people, man, all the mistakes, all the failures, some of, some of the gross sin that they were involved. And, and yet, you know, you look at Jesus' family line, there's prostitutes, there's uh, incense, there's all this stuff. You're going, oh, my God, this is, this is the lineage of Jesus. Take a look at that. Read that. Read some of the characters uh, that were there. And it, gives, it doesn't gloss over sin. And so the Bible says that, that sin is pleasurable for a short time. It's pleasurable. How many, how many realize sin is fun? Okay, come on. If sin isn't fun, you don't know how to do it right. I, I would have to teach you because you guys don't know how to have fun then. Sin is pleasurable. It is. It is fun. I mean, that Bible says sin is pleasurable, but it says for a season. It's pleasurable to party. It's pleasurable to break the, the law of God. It's pleasurable to do your own thing. Uh, uh, it's pleasurable. Go out and have your kicks, man. Do whatever you want. But let me just tell you something. You're going to get a kick back. The wages of sin is still death. Sin will come back to collect. Sin isn't free. Sin says, okay, man, I'll let you have a good time, but now you got to pay the price. See, a I just want you to know, you're free to make every choice you want, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. You're free to make any choice you want. You can do whatever you want to do. You can go out and have sex with as many people as you want, every day if you want to. But you're not free from the consequences of that. If you're married, it'll destroy your relationship, your family. If you're a woman, you might get pregnant. If you're a man, you get STD, maybe get some kind of disease. Who knows? All kinds of you're not free from any of those kinds. You're free to make all the choices you want, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. And when we think, well, I could do it, you can. You can't go out, go out and do whatever you want to do, but you're not free from the consequences. And this is why when we look at Moses' life, he chose rather. Then the pleasure of sin, the pleasure of all these things, he, he, he chose the short term. He said, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to do what everybody wants me to do. I'm going to do what God called me to do. And he says he refused to be the son or, or, or the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And, and let me just tell you something. As Christians, it's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. When I'm talking about refusing, a lot of Christians think, well, Christianity is just a bunch of do's and don'ts. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't run around with girls that do. All these different things. I don't cuss. I don't do all these things. You know, praise God, man. Appreciate that, that you don't do all. But it's not what you don't do, because if it was about what you don't do, then dead people would be great Christians. They don't do anything. Dead people are dead, right? It's not about not doing things. So it's refusing. I understand that. But it's refusing and then choosing to do the right thing. It's not just refusing. It's now choosing to do the will of God. So it's not just about refusing. It's about what you're choosing to do now. And so a lot of times Christianity to a lot of people is just refusing. I just refuse. No, no. What are you choosing to do? What direction is your life going in? What are you accepting as responsibility in your life? Stop blaming everybody, right? When you blame, you be lame. You know that, right? <laughs> blame, yeah, yeah, be lame. That's corny, but it works. You know what I'm saying? Stop blaming everybody for your life. And, and, and you know, 
Man, if I just had a different wife, God, it would be so good. Really? If I had just grown up in another family, if I, not, if I hadn't gotten married in the first place, if I just had this job, we just blaming, blaming, blaming it. I'd be more happier. I'd be this. I'd be that. Well, you know what? You're as close to God as you choose to be. A lot of people say, I want to be close to God. You're as close to God as you choose. You have to choose to be close to God. What are you doing to get close to God? What is your responsibility? See, we got to get to a point where we're growing spiritually this morning, where we're growing and we're developing in our walk with God. I, I can't tell you how many guys I talk to to go, yeah, well, my wife's committed. You know, she's, she's sold out. Well, yeah, well, that's, that doesn't do anything for you. What about your life? Well, no, but my wife's in church. Okay, yeah, that's her, but that's not you. What, what that, what, what, that's not going to, you know, you can't get on her coattail. And so if we're not careful, we're blaming everybody for our lives this morning. And, you know, if we're saying, man, well, my life sucks, it, it sucks because you're letting it suck. Your life sucks because you're letting your life suck. You're choosing that. You got to choose and say, you know what? I'm going to start doing the right thing. Now, let me be real clear today, and I'm going to be real clear. We are products of the past. We are. We're products of our past, but we don't have to be a prisoner of our past. In fact, I'm going to minister on that next, next uh, Sunday because a lot of us this morning, we blame our past. We blame all the things that have happened in our life, and we're prisoners of our past. And we can't get past our past. Past. I like that. I just made that up. But anyway, other people. See, nobody today, listen to me, nobody can ruin your life but you. You have the power of choice. And, and let me just say this to some of you young people that are here, and, and you're going, and you know, you're here. And you're, let me just be real with some of you young people. Life's going to have a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of pain in your life. Now, you could choose to try to bypass it. But you're either going to have it now or later. And as, as a young person this morning, you're going to have to go through some pain to make your life better. What do I mean by that? You're going to have to discipline your life right now. In other words, this morning, you're going to have to learn how to take some responsibility. You're going to have to grow spiritually. You're going to have to learn how to be a little bit stronger, a little bit more mature. Can I be honest with you right now? I, right now, I'm living... Just me personally, I'm benefiting from decisions that I made when I was in my 20s. I'm, I'm living off of those, those, those things that I did in my 20s. I didn't go through a lot of things that a lot of 20-year-olds did because I, I, I began to learn. I began to discipline my life, began to put some order in my life with God, just certain things. I didn't allow people to pressure me into doing things, following the wrong crowd. And so I'm living the benefits of my decisions that I made in my 20s. Some of you guys are in your 20s right now. You can make better financial decisions than you're making. You can make better spiritual decisions than you're making. You can make better moral decisions about how you're going to live. And I can tell you later on when you get in my age, which, you know, it's probably just a few years after. But anyway, no, it's past 50s already. But you'll, you'll begin to see the benefits of that because you paid the price now. 
Man, if you're a teenager, we, we just want life easy. We want everything given to us. Uh, let me tell you something. If you, if you do that, you want to live your life easy, not pay the price, not be responsible, not try to get a good job, not try to educate yourself later on, you're going to live a painful life because all that undiscipline is going to begin to surface when you're married, begin to surface when you have children. Are you hearing me? So you need to put in the pain right now. And say, I'm going to go through this pain right now, but it's going to help develop me in the character and the man and woman of God God's called me to be. How many can say amen to that? I'm preaching good, whether you guys, I'm preaching better than you're clapping, but that's okay. (laughs) Romans chapter 5, we can have, we can, the Bible says, Romans chapter 5, we can have joy even in our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience and the patient produces character and character produces hope. So let me just say this to you guys. Uh, there, there's something, the trouble that we're going through, man, it's only a short term. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.18, I like this. So we fix our eyes uh, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is what? Temporary. But what is unseen uh, is eternal. So if you want to develop into the man and woman of God of character this morning, you've got to focus your eyes on God. Moses, the Bible said, he focused his eyes on the invisible, what he could not see. He wasn't focused on the temporary this morning. And I believe if we do that, we've got to begin. Let me just say this. We've got to begin to change our value system. Man, our values today are not the world's values. How many can say amen? The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty six. I'm not going to be able to get through this message today, but it's okay. Moses, the Bible says, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. That word regard, you know what that means? It means to evaluate. He was making a value judgment. That word regarded is saying he made a value judgment, and he was making a value judgment. He was saying, what God has for me is better than all the riches of Egypt. He said, man, I'm looking ahead to something great, and I want to ask you this question this morning. What matters to you? What are the most important things in your life right now? If I were to ask you this question, you know what? Write four or five things down that are the most important to you right now. What would those five things be? Now, if you can't figure that out, then, man, you got, a, you, got a real, you got some evaluation to do in your life right now. Would God be there? Would family be there? Would your personal walk with God be there, your life, all these different things? You need to clarify what's really important in your life. Because if you don't decide what that is, other people are going to decide it for you. You got to decide what's important. See, I made, I made a decision a long time ago, what's important in my life. The greatest thing is my relationship with God. That's the foremost, most important thing in my life. I've, I've told you this before. I've told my family, I've told my boys, you know, I'm praying for you. I pray you, uh, you know, you live for God, all this. But I'm going to just tell you guys right now, if you decide not to live for God, that's not going to affect me. I'm going to live for God. This whole thing is about a relationship with God. God is the most important thing in my life, my relationship with God. I'm, I made, that's my value. That's the first thing in my life. My family, second. 
My wife is second to God. My kids are third. They're not before my wife. My, my life doesn't evolve my, around my kids. My kids evolve around my marriage. Are you with me? Some of you have the wrong priority, but that's another sermon. I can preach that another time. What I'm saying to you is you have to have a, and then my ministry comes in after that. Are you listening to me? And so we got to know what our priorities are, what our value system is. Even when the world tries to offer us other things. In fact, I'm going to show you this last clip. I like this and, and see if I can get through this sermon here. Go show this last clip. This potter is trying to offer uh, George Bailey a job. He made a decision in that movie what's valuable in his life. And I want you to know it's the same thing over and over. It's been around for thousands of years. And really, the world runs on passion, possession, and position. The Bible calls it the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And if we're not careful, that, that's all advertisement works the same way. Passion, all these different things, possession, position, uh, the corporate world, sex, salary, status, all these different things. That's how it works. That's how it operates. That's how it draws you into this web. And the Bible says Moses walks away from the very thing that's been trying to get him the entire life, these worldly riches. And he said, no, I'm walking away from this pleasure. I'm walking away from these possessions. I'm walking away from this position. I'm walking away from popularity. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to chase that. I'm going to chase after God. Can you say amen? And we're not careful. We could chase after what they call the American dream. Are you with me? All these things. The Bible says this in 1 John Chapter 2, it said, the world and everything that is in it that people desire is passing away. But those who do the will of God will live forever. God's purpose this morning, his will for your life is greater than anything the world can offer you. We have to choose. We have to decide. We have to make a value judgment. What's really valuable to you? What's really important to you? When you look at this movie, you'll find that George Bailey realizes the important things in life. And the choices that he made were the right ones. Even when the pressure was on, even when he felt like he had made all these bad decisions, his life made so much difference in people's lives. I'm going to tell you today, your life is making a difference when you choose God. When your value judgment begins to be around God, because I tell you, so many people are, are, they're chasing the wrong thing. If you chase for fame, I'm going to just tell you, fame doesn't last very long. Fame eventually ends in shame. How many people have you seen that way? How many remember you were in high school, man, all these, the most popular this, the most popular that. Some of you maybe were trying to be the most popular this. You know what, today, those people don't care about you, all those people that voted for you, they're not even around. And maybe you were this in high school. I, I don't know how many people they were in high school. They were all this. They go back two years later. People go, who are you? Your fame just faded in two years. You were real popular two years ago. But you go back, nobody knows who you are. You go from hero to zero. Am I right? It happens that way. And so Moses decided that, you know what, he was not going to chase the fame. He was not going to chase all the heroics of things. He said, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. He chose uh, uh, the reward of heaven rather than the reward of this life. 
And we got to make some real value judgments. All right, we're going to make some real value judgments this morning. Say, you know what? I choose the will of God. And so if we go into next year, you got some choices to make. Is 2018 going to be the same choices you made in 2019? Or are you going to start making some different choices in your life? Are you going to make a value judgment? Say, I, I refuse to do this. I refuse to do that. But I choose to do this. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.